Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, everybody, and happy Thursday to all of you. Yes, it's Common Sense Radio. Jamie Allman here and privileged to be with you. So every once in a while, it's kind of I'll give you I'll give you this example. So like what would happen if, for instance, you met Santa and Santa was like, you know, I've always hated you. You know, it'd be like shocking, wouldn't it? It'd be like, oh, well, really? Yep, sure have. You guys are a pain. How hard it is to deliver toys to your people's houses. Y'all are needy, demanding, greedy people. I've never liked you. Like, oh, well, that's a bummer. Similarly, we have these magazines, you know, like Time Magazine or Newsweek or or um, Popular Science or National Geographic. And suddenly, we or ESPN, let's put it that way, you suddenly realize, oh, my goodness, they actually hate me. I never would have think I never would have figured that out. But they come out with these articles and they do these things and like and you suddenly realize, oh, yeah, darn it. I never even knew that. I think I think American Heritage is the only magazine that hasn't yet turned on the country, but give it time. So anyway, uh, similarly, like a magazine like Essence or Essence or Jet, you know, the black magazines. You, you guys remember those? And when I was a kid, I was like, oh, OK, Essence and and Jet magazine were all kind of like these innocent, you know, like black magazines. It's like like the white. Is there a white magazine? I don't know. Anyway, I think it's Newsweek. But like Essence now uh, used to be just like a, a magazine. And I'm not quite sure I understand everything about what Essence is. I only I only used to see it at the newsstands and all that kind of thing. So anyway, now Essence is coming out and saying, hey, please rise for the only national anthem we will be recognizing from this day forward. You had enough of that already? Yeah, that that's uh, Jill Scott. And Essence Magazine says that's the only national anthem they're going to recognize from here on out. Essence Magazine. I'm like, darn, I thought you were like, I well, I never really read it, but you know what I mean. I thought it was like, a, like an innocent little black magazine or something. I don't know. Not this place <laughs> doesn't smile. I mean... Honestly, this place doesn't smile. It's like, oh, my Lord, I don't even know how clean it is. So I'm not going to play the rest of it for you. You never know. But that's the new thing. Here's another new thing. They finally figured out a way 
around this whole nagging Supreme Court ruling over affirmative action. Like, hmm, how can we make the system racist again? Oh, I know. We're going we're gonna to come out with a uh, adversity score. Yeah, we're going to come out with it. So, so, uh, and they, and the New York Times used an example of the UC uh, Davis, University of California Davis, that ranks applicants by the disadvantages they have faced. So, the disadvantage, according to the New York Times, helped turn UC Davis into one of the most diverse medical schools in the U.S. The question is, uh, can it work nationally? Is what the New York Times says. And I love the response by one person on Twitter, which is great. Wow, you have the highest testing scores, and you are truly a once-in-a-lifetime candidate. But it says here you came from a loving, stable family that prioritized financial security and encouraged success through dedicated work. Sorry, uh, that doesn't work. That's not enough adversity to get you into the school. Unbelievable. These people, the left, will never tire of trying to jack up a system even after their racist system was thrown back in their face. All right, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the red state columnist extraordinaire, writer extraordinaire. She is also, of course, a podcaster, and she's there on Substack, Gumshoe Politics. And ladies and gents, it's Becky Noble time. Becky, how you doing? I'm good, Jamie. How are you? Good. I'm just uh, pouring through the various ways they're going to try to uh, re redo the affirmative action thing and just uh, just call it something else. Oh, you you knew they were going to fight it as soon as well. You know, you knew that the, what the things that were going to happen in succession as soon as that decision came down. Number one, everyone was going to throw a temper tantrum. They were all going to you know get their panties in a bundle. And then after they got done throwing their temper tantrum, they were they were going to figure out how to get around it. They were going to figure out a constitutional go around. And it's it's because it's it's an industry dividing people by race is an industry. And and we know that because we know that Al Sharpton is a multimillionaire and probably Jesse Jackson and and anyone else of their ilk. They have they have spent their lifetime and made millions of dollars trying to divide Americans. And so, yeah, I mean, if, you're, if your livelihood is threatened, what do you do? You figure out how you can not have it threatened, you know? Yeah. So. Well, you know, it's, you wonder, too, I mean, going way back to Al Sharpton's National Action Network, uh, and I, I seem to remember back in those days, Al Sharpton basically would shake down all of these uh, businesses by telling them that he was going to basically call them racist. Uh, yeah, and and yeah. so and so they paid him, they, they gave money to the National Action Network to try to buy coverage, basically. It was kind of like the mafia, you know? They bought protection. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. And, and so I'm wondering whether or not there's a certain element on the woke corporate side that is tied to that. We just don't see it out in the open the way we used to. They're, they're doing it under the table. You know, first of all, I always, I don't know about anybody else, but I always thought that Al Sharpton was way more fun when he was fat. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> now he's just, I mean, yeah, he's old now, but, you know, I mean, he's he's way more mellow. And, yeah, oh, yeah, he was way more fun back then. And in and, and the old, uh, when it, wasn't he on Morton Downey Jr.'s show or something one time yelling and screaming? I don't, I don't remember. Well, once, when he was on, like, when he was, like, 20, he was on Soul Train. 
of all really? of all things. Yeah, that. he was giving some kind of award to somebody or something. He was like like a kid. Oh, man. Yeah, he's been around. He's been around. Yeah, I know. Well, it's just you know, and it, it's funny because um, what I wrote about at Gumshoe Politics this week, you know, is and you know, I figured it was kind of a slow week. It's a holiday week, and we're, but but while everybody's kind of taking a break from work and everyday stuff. We're, we're thinking about America and we're celebrating our nation and we're celebrating we're, we're, we're thinking about serious things like like the founding of our nation and and the founding documents and, and those documents and the the ideas and the principles that we live by as Amer- all Americans, whoever you are, regardless of what color you are, your income level, whoever you are. We've we've thought about a lot about this week about the ideas and the principles that are behind those documents that we try to live by. And because because America is has was founded and is populated by imperfect human beings, we're never going to be perfect. But while we were thinking about all those serious things, I always try to kind of think about, you know, what what is it that maybe we can look at this a different way from? And so I thought about it and I thought about what are some of the things that were invented by Americans, maybe directly, directly or indirectly. What are some things that were invented by Americans that are truly uniquely American that could never, ever in a million years have been invented anywhere else? Corn dogs. And so I, corn dog. <laughs> I didn't think of that one, but that's good. Well, and it kind of is indirectly one of the things I did come up with. I came up with rock and roll, muscle cars, and food. Bomb pops. So, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who didn't when they were 10 years old? If you're my we're about the same age, you, you could hear you could hear the, the bell from the ice cream man blocks away. And you ran to right. money and waited for a bomb pop. Yeah. So so I wanted to think about all of those things. Talk about all those things that that said that that could not have been invented anywhere else. We used to have and, a dude that ran through the neighborhood that was a blade sharpener. So he oh, he that that and that that thing always scared me because he'd be the one who would uh, he'll sharpen your mo- lawnmower blades or he will sharpen your kitchen knives or whatever and, and literally just had a he was like a knife sharpener a blade sharpener <laughs> and he'd drive through neighborhoods sharpening everybody's things oh man we did, we just had the ice cream man that was <laughs> yeah but you know I mean it's. <sighs> Unfortunately, people like Al Sharpton and Jesse, we haven't heard a lot from Jesse Jackson lately. I don't know what's going on with him. But, I think he's I think uh, he's a little aged these days. Could be. Yeah, could be. But, you know, like I said, they have made they they've made their entire life's work about dividing Americans. And you know what? No no one no rational person is going to say to you, "Yes, America has been perfect for every group of minorities." It hasn't. And but but because of the genius of the Constitution and the genius of our founding fathers to build in ways that we can that we can a- a- attempt, if not completely, fix the things that are wrong. Yeah. That, you know, that they, they completely overlook those things. And, you know, I don't know if you saw it or not, but um, on the 4th of July, uh, Cori Bush tweeted out some sort of idiotic thing about yeah. how America was founded by slaveholders <laughs> and, and, and the responses from people are phenomenal, you know, but you know, I always wonder if they ever read they, these. I always wonder if they ever read the responses because sometimes 
uh, people on Twitter are so brutal to these idiots uh, that I'm, oh, I'm hoping yeah. that they see it or they've got to be able to see a little bit of that, I would think. I would think so, too. But I, I don't think, you know, if, if you whatever, whoever anybody's whatever they said to them, they probably just just wrote it off as, oh, well, you know, it's just a bunch of white supremacists who don't like what I had to say because I'm right. Yeah, right. That 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 whole thing. But, yeah. you know, it's so I don't know. Yeah, it's it's. um. Well, they used to, you know, it's funny because Cori Bush at one point, you know, for some reason, Cori Bush kind of took on uh, this uh, Claire McCaskill-y type of facade uh, that got Claire right. McCaskill elected. And to and I can't, to believe that they ran Lacey Clay out of office for her, she makes uh, Lacey Clay look like Ronald Reagan. She does. She really does. And. You know, you almost got to wonder, is is Lacey Clay sitting somewhere going, how did this happen? I know. What? He you must know? be. What happened? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's probably, he probably but, had enough as it is, but yeah, he's, he's uh, you got to imagine yeah. that. So what, so is that, is, is that your sub stack this week is, is the. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, I'm taking a look at things, um, things that are uniquely American that could not have been invented anywhere else. Kind of, kind of my own. You know, Fourth of July celebration, so my own celebration of the country. Well, pretty much everything. I mean, I, because because I mean, even the airplane is uniquely American. I mean, it's right. and, and what what are these other people done? It's, I mean, obviously ch- the Chinese make like stocking stuffers and things that <laughs> buzz and click and with horns on them, and the uh, Swedish make some really uncomfortable furniture, but that's, <laughs> but that's about it. I mean, right, whether it right. be the plane or even a train or a car, I mean, exactly. and, and, and when, yeah. actually when you start making a list, you realize that almost everything you see around you is uniquely American. The TV yeah. is uniquely American. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and it's 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 because the people who came here, and, and and again, granted, not all of our ancestors came to the shores of America in the most ideal of ways. But once we got here, we kind of got to work and thought, okay, what can we do to make things better? You know, and you know, especially you know when you look at food, my gosh, look at the melting pot of food that that. You know, you can say that that was taken from, you know, uh, Asian people who came here, Italians, Irish, you know, pick one, you know, and and it it's it's all of those foods together are American. Yeah. You know, what did the I what kind of food did the Irish bring us? At potatoes. And oh, pota- oh, that's right. Yeah. Because I was about to say, I don't see too many Irish restaurants. I think in, yeah, like, I know. unless unless they're, unless they're like, you know, McGillicuddy's or. Whatever they want to call them. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To, to, but, um, to drinking, you know. Right, right. What Sean Hannity used to say, what uh, Irish seven-course meal was uh, a potato and a six-pack or something. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, all of those things together are uniquely American, and it's because of all of the people who came here. Yeah. You know? No doubt. Regardless of who you are. And that's what makes it great, you know? Yeah. But, well, you know, and, and oddly enough, I mean, many and even if we if we want to get there, and I'm not trying to disparage people who came here, uh, you know, 
as immigrants in the late 1800s and the turn of the century, but uh, a lot of things uh, were invented before they came here. You know, like like a lot like the Industrial Revolution was right. all people who were here forever. You know, before that, right. so it's really right. kind of. But nonetheless, I mean. Uh, back in the day, it, we we know what made America great at the time, and that right. was a, a complete flow of legal immigrants who came yes. here. Many of them even like lived with each other. You know what I mean? Like like it used to be yeah. like Italians. They didn't want to live with the Germans and the Irish here in right. St. Louis. They didn't want to live with the Germans either. In fact, nobody wanted right. to live with the Germans. But yeah. but you know, <laughs> but but you know, and there were there were neighborhoods that were completely unique and it was right. okay to be yeah. segregated so to speak because people were comfortable with their people that's how right. it worked you know right you know i saw in the news the other night they were talking about all of the people who took their uh, oath of citizenship on tuesday i guess i think it was down at the arch or something yeah, yeah. And all of those people and i thought what do those people have to think about what's going on at the southern border all of those people who did things the right way and who came here legally and have become citizens legally? What must they think about that? You know, man, I mean, I'd like to. Just, I'd like to take a a class, like a just. I don't know. You'd have to, you'd have to trick them into doing this, but like 25, <laughs> 25 year olds, put them in a room, and then you have people who are becoming, who are not even born here, who are becoming citizens, and you put them in a room and have them each take the citizenship test. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, was it? Isn't somebody there? I've heard several times, you know, politicians or whoever float the the idea of having high school seniors that they have to take the same citizenship test that that immigrants take before they can graduate. I think that'd be a great idea. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's and it must be because it's really it's not easy, uh, no. but but it's but it, but it's not crazy, um, right. you know. Um, it's 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 it's. it's but but people you have to imagine resent uh that these people just come right across the border and squat here while they're busting their rear ends to be legal immigrants here exactly exactly yeah i think if that were me i'd be a little peeved <laughs> yeah i i i totally agree and then your podcast too which is linked on your substack right Yes, it is. In Good. your face. <laughs> In your face with Becky Noble. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing your, your article. That sounds really great. They're on Substack. Okay, yeah. So gumshoe yeah, politics. Be up later today. Well, good. I, I, I can't uh, wait to see how it how it all fleshes out. You're the best, Becky Noble. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much, Jamie. Okay, you take care. That is Becky Noble. Check it out on Substack, Gumshoe Politics, and don't forget the link to her podcast in your face is linked right in there in the substack so it's very very simple 314-566-6104 it's common sense radio Well, good morning, everyone, and happy Thursday to all of you and yours. And as it is on this Thursday, it is none other than the great Father Tom of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in New Melly, but not necessarily long for it as the countdown continues to 
uh, the move away, my friend. But uh, you are more than prepared. You are more than ready. You are more than spiritually strong for the move. And you've taken this uh, really so much in stride, as I as I would imagine you would do, uh, even even though transitions are sometimes not the easiest thing in the world. But you have taken it. Uh, with a level of grace and obviously uh, discernment and prayer, and it's been impressive, my friend. That all that and your recovery at the same time, amazing. Oh well, thanks. This, well, thanks. That's very kind, uh, Jamie. I think uh, this has been a year to reflect on patience and acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> After the 29th, the Lord gave me a about a quadruple dose of opportunity to reflect. That doesn't mean I'm accepting a patient. I'm, I'm trying to be, and I'm paying for it. But, um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. I've been very blessed. And, you know, as far as the change goes and me moving, it's sad. I mean, after I had been here 11 years, I the homily I had on that day is, uh, I said, you know, this is the place I have been longest in my life since my childhood home. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that, 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 that is some kind of a little sobering perspective there because, you know, I was at St. Gabe's three years where I met you, Epiphany, seven and a half. Sacred Heart, it was at five years. That was my uh, longest associate assignment. St. Martin de Porres, two and a half years. You know, so you know your life's going to be about moves as a priest. But when I got to the 11 year mark, uh, the only place I had been longer was uh, where I grew up in Ellsbury. Wow. Wow, that's that. When, just when you when you put it in that perspective, so so was your last mass? You said your homily was your last mass in last weekend. What was that about my last mass? What was it? Was it last weekend? Was it your last mass last weekend? Oh no 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 oh. no no! I'm 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 here till the end of the month. Okay okay yeah, that's what I thought. So, so, yeah, my last month uh, mass will be that final weekend in July, and then and then actually that Monday morning on the thirty first, I do mass here with the daily mass crowd. Uh, say goodbye to them, and then uh, pack up the the car and move to Beverly. <laughs> as the song as the song goes, Riley will go in somebody else's car, and I'll take the cat in mine, so she's not freaking out with Riley going bananas. Right, right. Very interesting. You know, it's it, 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 let's put it this way. I I, I ran across. I mean, because because transitions are, and I, I'm I'm going to turn this political now because. I, I, I do believe that the Trump factor in our political structure here and our culture had an impact that was not unlike. And, and again, I, I I just hesitate to do this. I don't want people to think I'm comparing comparing Trump to Jesus. OK, but I, but I'm, I'm trying to if, if you bear with me here. Uh, in terms of changing the way we view things and the way we do things and the way we approach things that otherwise we used to take for granted, the way we used to just accept that free trade was fair and that dying for oil was okay, we just we'll get to, we'll get around to being oil independent. You know, all all these things that we that that President Trump represented in terms of change. Uh, were uh, fought and rejected uh, on on every level by what I consider to be the Pharisees of modern day. So I ran across yeah. quite accidentally because I was looking up some of the mass readings for uh, for Sunday, which I like to I like to read them and and go over them even even though I might be in church, you know. 
But so right. That's I, a good way to prepare. Yeah. So I mistakenly though got on to uh, July second, twenty twenty two, and so it brought me to a completely different liturgy. But it, it brought me to a gospel that I had never actually heard before, which was odd, odd enough to me, or or maybe I never listened to. Let's put it that way. And that was the Gospel of Matthew, uh, talking about the uh, wineskin, and 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 the, and the Pharisees had had come to Jesus and said, "Hey, you know how how come we're pa- we're fasting, and and your apostles aren't? Like I I don't understand like why you guys are all doing all this and and we're you know doing all that." And uh, Jesus, you know, compared. And he goes, well, you you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, mourn at a wedding, uh, so so right. this is a wedding of sorts. You need to bear with me here, and, and and just look at the results of what has happened, where I've healed people and all this kind of stuff. It was actually one of the more uh, moments where you'd think, wow, Jesus is pretty is on a roll here. And then and then he talked about the 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 wine skin, and he said, you don't put new wine in an old wine skin. Uh, you want new wine and a new wine skin. At, th- at that time, everybody was very familiar, of course, with the concept of a wine skin. That's where people put right. The, and, and so the new wine ferments and therefore expands, and right. therefore you don't want it in an old wine skin. You you need otherwise the wine skin will break, and then nobody has anything. So you need to put the the new wine skin in the new wine skin, <laughs> new wine in the new wine skin. And I I immediately thought of President Trump, and again, not comparing him to Jesus, but uh, uh, comparing this movement at that time to the movement today and how it was always rejected and, and it has been rejected by people who were really Pharisees-like in their structure, in uh, being in this rut, uh, and sometimes the rut was purposeful because it was where they had the most power and I, th- I, I couldn't stop thinking about the Trumpian movement. Whether it's Trump or not, there's still a Trumpian movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a fair enough comparison. Again, we know no no political figure is like Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's a good context. But yeah, I mean, here's my thought: is I I think back over since the election uh, in 2016, one they never expected Trump to win. And once he did win, they were on full board panic because the deep state, the the perma elected and appointed of D.C. hate populism in all of its forms, in all of its forms. Yeah. And and President Trump, you know, it's odd. It's odd. It is a very odd time you live in that we have a billionaire who is a voice and, and fighter for populism. Right. You know, because he used to be one of them. And yeah. That's, that's the other sense they feel. Hey, Donald, we were happy when you just quiet and gave us money. Now, now you actually care about these little people under you? What the heck? That's not part of the game plan. And he does. I mean, that's one of the things I appreciate most about President Trump is he is not threatened by other people's prosperity. Now, he may, he'll, may talk in the usual Trump way. Well, he's made billions, but I've got even more billions, you know. Yeah. But uh, he, he's not threatened by other people's prosperity. He wanted to see that happen for the nation. Well, and, and go figure that you have, as it has been in many aspects biblically, 
you also have a very unlikely figure uh, bringing that vibe uh, to the country. Oh, yeah. uh, a, a guy oh, who absolutely. is wealthy and, and everything else. It's, uh, it's almost like, and I compared a little bit, again, not comparing from Jesus, but it, Jesus was an unlikely figure. Coming from Nazareth. I, I would go, you know, uh, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely, because that was Nathaniel's response. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Like, these people are backwater Jews. They, <laughs> they don't even know how to live Judaism. They're, they're the, you know, St. Louis, and though the pejorative of this word, they're Hoosiers. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> One of my mom's favorite slurs. People, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, a better, I think a really good comparison is uh, Moses, who led the people out of Egypt. God led them out, obviously, through Moses. But Moses doesn't start off. When he's talking to the burning bush, Moses is an escaped murderer, right? He fled justice because the Pharaoh was upset and he killed an Egyptian. So this guy's not exactly uh, high on the list, if you really think about it, because we forget all about that. We forget Moses' origins. You know, and he was, he was a murderer and a coward when the Lord chose him, and, and Moses had the patience to look at the burning bush and be inquisitive. And the Lord loves moments of inquisitiveness of, of what what is this about? Because that allows him to open the door. Yeah. And then Moses' life has changed upside down. You know, maybe he wished he would have been arrested by Pharaoh because when he's leading the people out of Egypt, they want to kill him about three or four times. They want to stone him, and he's like, this is, what did you sign me up for, God? But you know what? He, he knows who he is and what he's about. Yeah. Moses. yeah, amazing. So much sometimes. Uh, it it just seems sometimes you 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 read certain passages and you read the Bible, and you feel like you're getting the code. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you're getting on the inside track. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting the glimmer of what this is all about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's 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 pretty. It's it's pretty amazing. Uh, and and yeah, it's humbling. It, absolutely, because you're thinking is, there's so many applications and it, it all kind of fits in on a, on a number of different levels. And again, it's been frustrating kind of watching everybody go back, even when we're talking about China, for instance. You know, it's so funny to watch as, as Yellen goes over to China today or arrives in Beijing. And and this is just the way they wanted it. This, you know, President Trump was so hard on China, I remember and right. even suggesting that the virus, calling it the the, the Wuhan flu, and and, and it, how how xenophobic and racist, and you know, it, it just they really were just wanting us to go back to the normalcy of this relationship with China economically, no matter what, and didn't want him invading it. As unfair as the relationship was, it it, it turns out it's all. Because they just wanted to go back to what's going on today. Yeah, absolutely. They don't want to change in the program. They're happy with the program. You know, so they want, I mean, this is the one thing. This is how you know the evil intent of, of the government. They want dependency. Because once you're dependent, they get to control your behavior by choking it off. You know? Yeah. By whatever you were dependent on, they'll flip the switch and you don't get it anymore. Well, it's it's really interesting too because you're you're looking at. I'll go back to the Pharisees. One of the concepts of that gospel, the Pharisees are like, "Hey, we're you know like basically insinuating that we look at all, look look what we do, how perfect we are, everything else." And, oh yeah. And Jesus was actually very, uh, was actually very, I think, uh, with with humility because he could have said, you know, 
hey, shut up. Look, have you healed anybody? Have you done this? He right. didn't do that. He did it rather gently and said, yeah, but, you know, look at what we've accomplished so far, uh, what I've accomplished so far and healing the, the, the sick and, and and making the blind see. And, you know, the truth right, of the matter right. is, the hey, there are miracles happening, real miracles, not just uh, a good fortunate event, but real miracles, unexplainable other than God acted in this person's life. And they, they refuse to acknowledge it for the most part because it's like, well, that ain't the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah. You don't get to dictate God to God how he chooses <laughs> to act in people's lives. Right. Nobody does. <laughs> well, and, and the Pharisees, much like the Republican Democrats, they're like, look what we we're, we'll take care of you. Look, do it our way and you'll be fine. We're the ones who go to church and every up. day. And, shut up and, and comply. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing about 2020, when I think about it, and we shouldn't forget it, um, it was a the response to COVID. COVID's a real disease. No one's denying that. It is a real disease. But our exaggerated response, our paranoid and fearful response, was all at the service of breaking down populism, both attacking Trump with it, and then, I mean, look at the destruction of small businesses. People in small businesses who have been more prosperous than ever before in their life under Trump, all of a sudden now, their doors are shut. Yeah. Churches and schools, yeah. uh, similarly. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you Absolutely. Know, you know, it, it, I, I think that you go back to, I, I think it was a real effort on the part of the power structure, the uniparty, everything else, to, to, to put us back in our place. Which is right. I completely agree with that assessment. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm been wrong about plenty of things, but uh, yeah, the perma state doesn't want free thinking, free ranging, independent citizenry, which is what the founders wanted. They wanted that, but not the perma state. They want you to be obedient. And when you're not obedient, they want you to be fearful so they can get you back to obedience as soon as possible. Not yeah. obedience, compliance. Obedience can be virtuous. They want compliance. Surrender, your old phrase. They want surrender monkeys, right? To, uh, right to take care of. Yeah, yeah. They they, they want to bring us to heal. Uh, that's that's how it yep. works. I mean, and, and I I think you're right though, Father Tom, uh, about uh, going back to 2020. Everybody wants people to stop talking about it, whether it be the election uh, or anything else. And and that was a real pivotal moment, I think. In our country, it was it was a it was really a pure and simple nightmare for yep. normal, average, everyday people. Yeah, well, it was it was a real stroke of victory for the enemies of the people, which is often the perma state and all of its allies, because all of a sudden, it wasn't enough to stoke racial division among people, which they've been doing forever. Now they got to stroke, oh, you, you disagree about wearing masks or social distancing? Well, then you're the bad guy. You're the threat to the rest of us. Yeah. It was evil. No. It was evil. The cabal of the perma state and big media, big tech, big pharma, education, academia. Yeah, all the, no. Well, I don't have a lot of respect for any of them. Yeah, and, and and the only thing uh, most concerning about all that is that you cannot achieve what the evil people wanted to achieve without the complicity of the weak, correct, uh, of people. And and 
man, they Hitler couldn't do it without the complicity yeah. of people, and these guys couldn't do it either. And that was the that was the worst part is we saw like people we normally really didn't have an opinion about or didn't think it was a certain way and 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 you're like wow how can you possibly comply with this well you know or why can't you at least ask questions right how about just some questions that's yeah. all i'm asking for like um just a few questions like maybe this is all bs now granted i could be scolded for being real skeptical by the time april rolled around i was getting real skeptical about all the propaganda yeah. of the pandemic not the disease. I had funerals by then. People who died with COVID complications. Now, the other side of that coin is they had a whole bunch of other complications, and COVID was just the the final, you know, don't break the ice moment for them, and and that's when their health yeah crashed. And, and we, I think we always have to remember that context. And it gets hard. It gets tiresome. But I'm not going to forget because it's you know that was a test case. We all know that all of us. All of us in the center, the the active center, because there's a massive passive center that bugs me, but but the active center's been they woke up finally. The pushback against things like Bud Light and Target, that's not just conservatives, that's the active center finally saying, Oh, we can't just ignore this anymore. It, it's gonna it's gonna affect our families, our kids. So enough. Yeah. Well, if it was a test case, man, uh, we failed big time. I'll tell oh, you that. Failed. Of course. Absolutely, we did. I mean, you and I both know people that we loved and respected prior, and I still love them. I don't respect them as much. Prior to 2020, that went, bought the narrative hook, line, and sinker, and just sold out to fear. And then maligning anybody who didn't. Oh, yeah. they're the enemies. They're the super spreaders. You know, mm, Yeah. I got all kinds of not, not good words to say to those people. Well, and you, and now, you, you repent and acknowledge it. I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board with repentance. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. And, and you'd, you'd get to you. a point where you thank you. You'd get to a point where, you know, sometimes even you'd you'd think about them and you're like, well, how can you? Why are you doing this? Yeah, but but grandma, but but grandma, but you yeah, know, and, and it and, saves just one life. Yeah, and, and that's the stupidest statement ever. Let's do nothing. That even that won't save you one life. Eventually. You're still going to face suffering and death. It's an inescapable reality in a broken world. Yeah. But that whole little mantra, oh, it saves one life, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, within reason. We all do that within reason. We're all driving today. We know how dangerous driving is. I didn't get through this last week, you know. Uh, what is it, like uh, 80% or something like that of accidents happen uh, within five miles of your house? So, Okay. You know, don't no nobody go home. We're all gonna abandon our homes and go stay away. That way, we'll be free from accident. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? But that's completely illogical. Yeah, no question about it. Well, Father Tom, uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I know that you're uh, so busy, still moving, and I guess you haven't. Have you have you been able to? I guess you make it to the smokehouse, correct? Still, or? Oh yeah, I'll oh, be good. going there. My last day at the smokehouse will be the final Friday in July. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, I'll miss those guys. I'll miss this new Millie community. I love my parish family, and I, I love our neighbors out here. You know, yeah. I, I have tried to be a shepherd not only to the parish family, but to uh, a lesser degree, just a good neighbor out of New Millie. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you will. And, and 
This, it's the, the transition time is such a time as you pointed out at the very beginning of this is uh, teaches you so much and and you have uh, had to kind of uh, go along for the ride and trust right uh, and oh, yeah. trust Absolutely. the path yeah God is good all the time and we just got to remember that he didn't he didn't promise us you know everything's going to be smooth sailing if you're with me. He did promise he would be with us. Yeah. Because we're going to hit, hit very rough patches, which are real invitations to trust in God with patience and acceptance. And then when we have really great patches, to thank God immensely because the blessings are overflowing. Yes, yes. And and on a quick little personal note, uh, John is on the Facebook page, and today his daughter, Julia, is uh, taking the uh, the boards, the nursing boards, oh. today. And, we'll and he board. says... He says you baptized her, so. Oh yeah, well, I mean, very good. You, I've uh, been all over the place. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, as we know now, and it's coming another another chapter of uh, Tom Miller free ranging somewhere else. It's yeah, unfold come August. Well, and yeah, the good people of Jefferson County. <laughs> yep, all uh, yeah, that's that's when it's crazy. Those when when the, the you start, you know, you've been around for a long time and a good long time. I mean, as in good good long time. As in when you see the the, the, the the people you baptize now suddenly going off into the world. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Or calling me and saying, hey, can you come baptize the kids? You baptized me when I was a baby. Yeah, right. Um, sure. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me uh, too. Yep, def- definitely the, the, the circle of life, as they say. All right, Father Tom. Uh, Father Tom Miller, the back in the heart of Mary uh, out there in New Melly, soon to be moving. Uh, but we'll be talking to you before then. But, uh, buddy, uh, love you so much, man, and always great talking to you. Love you too, Jamie. Keep up the good work. All right, uh, Father Tom Miller, thank you. Uh, good talking to you, and have a great rest of your day, buddy. You too, Jamie. All have right, a man. Good day. Thank you, you too. and all the listeners. Yes, Bye-bye. dear. See ya. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.